we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for October 13th, 2020. And uh, today, man, I've got so much to try to cover. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it the best shot that, that, that I can to try to get through this. Uh, I would ask for your prayers just for my energy levels. I, ne I need more energy to be able to keep up with this ministry. I just, it's getting to the point where I can't do it anymore. And um, I just, I need more energy from God. It's never been my strong suit anyway. And uh, <clears throat> you don't want to have to just do it through caffeine and things of that nature. Because that will burn out your adrenals. I've mentioned that before. And uh, that's a lose-lose situation in the end. So, <clears throat> I just, that's about the only thing I really need at this point. I just need more energy. To try to keep up because with the amount of emails I'm getting, inquiries, these studies have gotten so large and I'm not even getting through them on a weekly basis now. Um, <clears throat> I need to be doing almost six to eight, eight hour studies almost every week to try to keep up. Uh, I think we're so close to the time when I'm not going to be able to broadcast anymore that I just feel like an urgency to try to get as much information out as I can. Um this information we're covering today is so bombshell i mean i <laughs> i can't even convey how bombshell it actually is uh, but it's a lot to get through and I'll, i'm going to try to do my best here go ahead and start us out with this uh 2020 strategic warfare prayer that we've been um alternating and uh again always say that what you probably want to do is try to do a lord's prayer uh, type of prayer before you pray something like this put on the full armor of god pray something like psalm 64 because these types of things will make you a target uh, from the enemy and um <clears throat> okay so i'll go ahead and start us out here father god in the name of the lord jesus christ we nullify dismantle cancel and forcefully oppose all satanic operations, maneuvers, manipulations, subversion, strategies, tactics, plots, plans, employees, which are designed to hinder, prevent, frustrate, foil, deny, or, de or delay God's original plans and purposes from their quick, swift, and speedy manifestation taking place in their correct time and season. According to Daniel 7.25, we rebuke and dismantle all satanic alliances and confederations. Let every evil, covert, and clandestine effort and endeavor fail. Cause the news media to be caught in their lying, manip lying and manipulation so that only truth is manifested. We decree that every satanic strategy of inhibition, prohibition, and limitation placed on the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail. We declare all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay will be exposed and destroyed. O God, confound the devices and evil plans of the enemy that they have crafted, so that their hands are not able to perform their enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O Lord, but those that cannot be saved. Overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into their own pits that they have dug for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them. Let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We loose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness and bring an end to all the deceptive, secretive, and destructive measures designed to destroy all of God's creation and defile the world. For this reason was the Son of God made manifest, that he would destroy the works of the enemy. We overrule all strategies, tactics, and curses of the enemy by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We overthrow spoken words, enchantments, divinations, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, 
witchcraft prayers and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes, according to Isaiah 54, 17. We reverse the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and plans to bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution in America to usher in martial law and the New World Order. We decree and declare that their plans shall be uncovered and shall not prevail, and their plans shall be frustrated and unable to achieve any impact, and their threatenings and violent verbal dealings are returned to them 100-fold. Father, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda plan and cover-up in the secret shadow government regarding their attempts to manipulate end-time events, leading to the destruction of your righteous seed. Send divine powerful angelic forces against the diabolical plans to frustrate and expose them so that they will be dismantled. Dispatch legions of warring angels and other kinds of angels, any other kinds of angels that are necessary to enforce your perfect will on the United States of America and on all the earth. Release your divine strategies and revelation upon any righteous person in government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom to come upon them. Cause them to be a holy trumpet, shedding light upon the dark hidden secrets of the wicked. Send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided when they communicate. Let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel or Belial and all other wicked spirits and cause them to be caught in their own lies and conspiracies. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural or spiritual realm. Cause every spirit which is released from their diabolical assignment to be cast into the abyss until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to be taken, take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the spirit realm so that they hit the bullseye. Let the laws that govern this prayer and all the spiritual warfare strategies and tactics be binding by the word, the blood, and the Holy Spirit. We seal this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of the lamb amen okay so and just to review this also real quick uh and i put this out of my newsletter as well prayer alert coming to cult holidays uh really how where we derive the word holidays from is holy days these are occult holy days most of the of the um holidays we celebrate are actually occult holy days and that's where you derive the word holiday from uh, October 13th, which is probably when I'm releasing this study, I'm recording it on the 12th, but I'm, I'm by the time I get it recorded, I'm probably going to be posting this on the 13th, Lord willing, uh, is a continuous high holiday. It's the reversed order of October 31st, if you think about it, because they always, they love to do stuff in reverse in the occult. So you reverse October 31st, which is Halloween, the highest, really the highest satanic holiday of them all. I mean, I've heard that maybe beltane might be higher i don't know it's hard to say i i always feel like that october 31st is the highest satanic holiday of them all now if you haven't heard a teaching on that go to contendingfortruth.com and key in halloween uh and i've done a gigantic teaching on that in times past that'll kind of fill you in what that's all about but october 13th is the continuous high holy day in the occult calendar it's the reverse of october 31st then we have october 28th which is Satanic High Holy Days, and that goes all the way through November 4th, which is now you have into the elections. So that whole time, and, and actually even, I would say from now until then, they're gathering sacrificial victims. They're trying to nab sacrificial victims. Now these are victims you won't see on the TVs. A lot of times they're the homeless or other people that are just snatched runaways things of this nature that were never really on the radar 
and there's hundreds of thousands of people that go missing every year uh if you just keep like missing people at contendingfortruth.com i've done whole studies on this I believe it's like around 800,000 people go missing every year in america and that's even governmental statistics but see the problem is is we're so brainwashed because we think oh there's an amber alert oh that one girl went missing they're doing that for everybody no they're not that's why they have things like amber alerts and the and the milk carton stuff because you think oh it's such few people that they can actually whenever it does happen they can actually put out an amber alert or put it on the back of a milk carton or something like that no it's hundreds of thousands and then you also have the satanic breeder mothers that will actually um get impregnated so that they will have a child that's sacrificed sometimes they sacrifice the mother and the baby i heard that at the um that uh that mothers of darkness castle in belgium that we've reported on that they sacrifice a mother and a baby every single day there every single day that's one of the main satanic hotspots for the whole world from information i've seen going back over a decade probably 20 years mothers of darkness castle i've done just key it in in the keyword search box so there's a lot of sacrifices that are going on then you you look at okay all the abortions going on then you look at women that are on birth control which are abortifactive in nature can be abortifactive like the pill the patch um well obviously the iud is abortifactive in nature and i'm not saying that the pill and the patch always are abortifactive but they can be because they will create an, an environment in the uterus that is not hospitable to a fertilized egg that's trying to come down the fallopian tubes from the ovaries into the uterus doesn't allow implement implementation because the pill the patch and those types of hormonal type birth controls can be abortifactive in nature they don't tell people that so you can have women that are on these types of birth control for decades and their wombs could essentially be to a certain extent creating abortions in them and you don't you know you never know and this is why the bible says not to be ignorant of satan's devices lest he get an advantage of you now i get into that in my teaching i did on contraception you might want to key that in because see that's another one that i i'm sorry i've just never heard anybody i've never heard a preacher talk about that now most preachers aren't aware of it but nevertheless i've never heard anyone talk i think that tv program abortion or it was an internet site that's not up there anymore it was called abortion tv and they had all the it was actually pro-life that was where i first found out about a lot of that information now they're offline so and i'll tell you what anymore trying to find truth on the internet is getting next to impossible i mean if i didn't already have my network of, of links that i went go ahead and check sometimes on a daily basis i wouldn't have a clue as to what's going on because all the search engines are compromised i don't care even the ones i've been recommending lately the swiss cows and the one search they're all compromised if you if you try to check something if you're trying to find alternative information you check them it's still going to be all garbage results in other words the ai has taken over pretty much everything now if you know 
a subject and you go to something like, and you're not going to find anything on YouTube anymore either. And obviously what, what they've done to social media. But if you know like a subject and you know a website to search that has information about that, that's about the only way you're going to find it now. You might be able, okay, you want to know something about vaccinations. You can go to Mike Adams' website and key in something on that and you'll probably find it. Because his search bar is going to work. He's got a search engine called Brighteon. You can go up there and search that. There's BitChute. You can search that. There's other search engines or other uh, video platforms now that are coming about. And they're slowly kind of trying to build up. But trying to find anything on YouTube now, everything you're going to find sanitized. Almost every single search engine sanitized now. It's extremely hard. Um, and that's the AI. Okay, so going further here. Uh, so I would say between now and November 4th, to be in a lot of prayer about, you know, October 28th, they're saying satanic high holy days through November 4th. Blood rituals. Um, now, I, I believe the, the whole abduction, ceremonial preparations, holding a sacrificial victim for All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, which is another way of, you know, saying that. Uh, human sacrifice is definitely... Uh, I'm not saying every coven on the planet, like some white Wiccan coven, is doing human sacrifice. They may be doing some type of animal. Maybe they're not at all. But, you know, anybody who's anybody in the realm of witchcraft is most likely going to be participating in some, some type of sacrifice. And human sacrifice is always the preferred. Uh, October 31st, obviously, All Hallows' Eve. Uh, it's called Halloween or Samhain. But it's actually spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And there's sexual and blood rituals on that date. Sexual association with demons called up. They believe that Halloween, October 31st, is when the veil between the spirit worlds is at its thinnest. And that's why how we got the whole uh, tradition of wearing masks. Because the druids that were originally practicing this in its in its form that we know of today as Halloween, not to say it didn't go back before them, I'm sure it did, they would wear masks because they knew that when they were conjuring these spirits through the spirit world, when the veil was its thinnest, they believed if they were wearing masks, they could actually then be have protection against the spirits because they were dressed like a demon too. And, and that was their way of trying to like scare them or repel the demons. Now, whether it works or not, I don't, I don't know. It's pretty pretty insane but that's why they did it and then I, I get into all the uh in in the teaching i did on halloween at contendingfortruth.com i get into all of the traditions what they actually mean and i mean they're all wicked just about every single tradition associated with halloween or christmas and East ishtar i've done separate studies on easter and christmas and the whole nine yards um they're just repackaged high heli days pagan heli days holy days that the catholic church took and repackaged into some type of christian veneer now they really didn't do that with all hallows eve halloween even though a lot of churches do celebrate it at their churches uh that one was a little too over the top for i think the even the catholic church to try to repackage but they then you know they turned it into like all saints day or something i don't know i get into that in the teaching i did or that time period into that um and then you have November 4th, which I believe is the election, as it's known as Satanic Revels. Uh, 
Now, they're having the election on that date for that reason. Okay, and it's right on the heels of the highest satanic heli day where, you know, they've had maximum amount of, of human and animal sacrifices take place, which is how they uh, try to garner and gain more power in witchcraft. So, yeah, there's probably not a Halloween that's ever been before this where there's probably more on the line than this one especially in light of the information that i'm covering today because i mean unless god intervenes and i do believe god's intervened over and over and over again from his mercy from the prayers of the saints um but i I don't i've never seen us potentially being on the cusp of something bigger than this halloween I don't know if, if, if in any lifetime. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to get worse when the Antichrist of False Prophet comes, but I'm saying up to this point in history, you'd probably have to go back uh, like into Noah's day when essentially the Nephilim and the fallen angels, you know, were in control of things and uh, openly were, you know, ruling the world essentially up until when God had to hit the reset button and start over with eight people on the ark. And flood the whole world because of the wickedness essentially so um, and then if we jump ahead to december 21st and 22nd winter solstice uh, also i believe this is yule is a sabbat festival it's a sexual ritual human and or animal sacrifice and then you go to december 24th which is demon revels high grand climax which is essentially going into december 25th christmas Orgy and blood ritual, sexual association with demons called up in animal and or human sacrifice. Uh, note, human sacrifices occur from Christmas Eve through New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So, while everybody's thinking it's this wonderful Christian holiday, human sacrifices are occurring in that whole time period. Really, pretty much starting from December 21st, 22nd, depending on winter solstices, because it can call fall a little bit different the shortest day of the year winter solstice and most likely all the way leading into the first day of the year you're getting human sacrifice after after human sacrifice the december 25th was originally known as saturnalia okay which you associate saturn with satan it's the sixth planet from the earth it has six letters saturn and satan is you know just a very very short um letter away that you have the star of saturn which is the hexagram which is the six-pointed star it's a hexagram it's a curse again if you think that's a good symbol used on the israeli flag just key in hexagram in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com i'm not coming down on anybody if they don't know this information it's just i've covered it in this is the type of stuff you're just probably not going to hear in the churches nowadays most likely not especially not 501c3 it's not politically correct and it might step on some toes uh, and then we have the full moon in any month referred to as an esbat, esbat, which also they will many times do human or animal sacrifices. Now, I've heard that this month, for this particular October, we've got two full moons in the same month, okay, which is rare. And it's particularly bad when it occurs in October, which, again, is probably the most month associated with high-level witchcraft. 
Uh, and then, so we have that. So I give you that chart here. Now there's more in-depth charts on this, but this is just a generalized um, kind of occult calendar leading up until the end of this year. So you have, kind of have an idea there. Uh, I saw this this week. The former presidential candidate, Ben Carson, I believe he's a medical doctor, and he put out this, I don't know if it's a tweet or whatever, and he said, just a thought, how can we allow this in America? Where is the outrage from CNN and the Democrats? This man went behind an abortion clinic dumpster to take these poor aborted babies, wash them, and bury them because they are not trash. They are actually human beings. And you see, ugh, this is really bad. One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know if there's seven here. Six or seven uh little babies um and he found them in a dumpster behind an abortion clinic and he washed them and uh he's going to give them a proper burial so you know you see stuff like this and it's just like yeah how can god not judge this and this is just a very very small sampling very small and if the blood of one righteous man, Abel, cried out from the land. And that was grievous to God. And, you know, well, just one. When Cain slew him, after Cain slew him, well, then can you imagine what's crying out now? And I'm talking, let's go worldwide. Because from the, the statistics i've seen on average there's like around a hundred thousand abortions daily worldwide and we always think of four thousand abortions in america yeah but what about all the other ones america's population wise very very small compared to the rest of the world i've, I've heard that it's about a hundred thousand maybe it's more i don't know and then again you take into the whole thing about abortifactive methods of birth control that are potentially happening now the only way you're going to really know on that is, and I don't even know if that's something God's going to reveal on the other side. I don't know. I don't know if at that point we'll, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but it's pretty tough to comprehend the amount of human sacrifice that is actually going on around and I, it's not even labeled that i mean there is overt human there is overt animal sacrifice like what i just described but then there's the the kind that's not considered that at all but in god's eyes i mean uh, he said to jeremiah before i knew thee um before i formed thee in the womb i knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations so god knows us even before were formed in the womb so that we know then thereby life begins at conception it has to because he knew us before conception so i man i i can't even comprehend it um uh then i'm just going to play this real quick um this is uh not a very long video and it's actually from ken hoven who at one time it was a gigantic supporter of went down to his court case the whole nine yards from what i've seen in recent years he's really kind of uh got off base um but man his early stuff oh man it's so good 
so good. This is just a short clip of some of his earlier work. Caveman, Nebraska Man, Piltdown Man, Neanderthal Man, Cro-Magnum, and Lucy. And I'm just going to play this real quick here and give you some more resources after this if you want to know more on this. I saw this the other day. I'm like, man, I, got, I need to play this. This is awesome. So let's go ahead here. Thank you for joining us. We're going to continue now talking about the garden man and quite a few other topics. The Bible says in Genesis 1, God would, said, I'm going to make man in his own image. If we're made in the image of God, why do we teach the kids? Grandpa was an ape. Now, evolution teaches we're getting better and someday we're... Now, he's doing a PowerPoint teaching behind. If you want to see the actual pictures, then you're not going to get that, obviously, in an audio. But if you want to see the pictures... Um, Honestly, Ken Hovind's really, of all people out there that kind of inspired me to do the, the whole uh, Prophecy Club tour in um, 06 with a really good, solid PowerPoint presentation. I mean, I had like 150-some slides. And he really was the guy that inspired me to do that because I realized how much more powerful a presentation is like that when you can commingle it with the documentation in the background or slides or some visual aid and and he that's what he did i mean just brilliantly become god the facts are we're getting worse things are falling apart we now have an incredible genetic load we are mentally and physically deficient compared to adam and eve things are not getting better but we all teach the kids and see darwinism is teaching that we're getting better we we evolved from we were, uh, well, ultimately we were a rock and the rain rained on the rocks and then I guess the lightning hit the rocks and then formed some type of primordial sludge ooze out of which formed a two-celled amoeba which, you know, stayed in the ocean for a billion or so years and then that slithered up onto land and eventually became a snail and then a frog and then, uh, I don't know, a chipmunk and then that evolved into, uh, I don't know, a moose and then the moose evolved into a monkey. And then the monkey evolved into Piltdown Man, Nebraska. I mean, all this this total insanity, which would really take a hundred times more faith to believe in the Bible, like a creator in the Bible. But man is so wanting to deny the existence of God because he doesn't want to believe that there's going to be accountability afterward. He doesn't want to believe that there's a he's fine to believe in a he, in heaven, and he'll think he'll say to himself, "Well, I'm a pretty good guy. God wouldn't send me to hell." Well, now you've just created your own religion and your own parameters on all of that. And again, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And that's trusting in your own heart. And the Bible says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. But that's why evolution is so appealing. Because in evolution, there's no God present. So you take God out of the equation, therefore I can do whatever I want. There's no parameters. There's no real morals at all. And that was how Hitler justified the Holocaust because they were, that was what they were really, that was the foundation bedrock of Hitler's eugenics programs, which they were going to weed out the undesirable Jews and the gypsies and any races that were undesirable or the handicapped or these types of people because they were lower on the evolutionary rung or they were, they were genetic misfits that had to be eliminated. Darwinism was the backbone whereby which they justified all that to happen. That's why it's so incredibly dangerous. Books. This is Grandpa. What's the <laughs> He's showing a picture of a monkey, and it said the it's it's on the cover of some magazine 
the American Spectator. And this is, this is Grandpa or whatever, and it shows a monkey. The cavemen. Is it possible for an ape-like creature to turn to a human? <laughs> He's showing a progressional picture of a monkey turning into Bill Clinton. <laughs> Well, it depends what you mean by caveman, okay? There are people today who live in caves, okay? We don't call them half ape, half human. There's the world's most wanted caveman right there, Osama bin Laden. There's a former caveman. <clears throat> I think someone's trying to make a monkey out of us. Was your ancestor an ape-like creature? I don't yeah, it's, so. it's on the cover of National Geographic, some, like, Neanderthal-like creature. And, again, the, the, the brainwashing is just legion. It's in the school systems, ever since darwin this has just been an increasing thing and again it's 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 absolutely totally from straight from the pit of hell all this because again what does this you know the whole big bang the whole everything happened by chance the whole evolution thing if you buy into that well there's no god therefore there's no accountability and there's no hell and there's my escape and that's why it's so uh satanically appealing to so many people Let's talk about a few of the so-called cavemen. We could spend hours on this topic, but we got more to cover here. Uh, Nebraska man was used for years as evidence for evolution. All they found for Nebraska man was one tooth. <laughs> that is the entire Nebraska man right there. He's, the tooth is from the same jaw as the original Nebraska. It shows Ken Hoven holding this tooth. I guess they got a casting of it. And it's in the Creation Evidence Museum at uh, Glen Rose, Texas. That's another one. Um, another creation museum there from one stinking tooth they derived quote nebraska man because i think it, the tooth was found in nebraska that is how insane and how unscientific the evolutionists and, and the links to which they'll go to prove their satanic lying theories one tooth then they built an entire man from that one tooth and later made him a wife and i have to really be good to know what his wife looks like from his tooth okay, oh this is so funny them, okay they know what they're talking about they built his wife from his tooth i mean <laughs> but you know this is what's taught in the classrooms this is science now obviously they're not going to admit that in the classrooms, but that's but that's true what he said they found out the tooth actually came from a pig <laughs> of course there's the real nebraska man right there <laughs> just a big pig how about piltdown man named after the gravel pit it was found in in piltdown england somebody took a human skull and an ape's jaw they filed him down and fooled everybody in 1912 they discovered the piltdown man it was in the new york times darwin theory proved true from the piltdown man it was going to be used in 1925 at the Scopes Monkey Trial as part of the evidence for evolution. But the judge said, the question is not, is there evidence for evolution? The question is, did he violate the law of teaching? So he was found guilty of breaking the law. The mm. teacher was John T. Scopes down here in Dayton, Tennessee. Ah. But Piltdown Man was a hoax. Somebody had taken an ape's jawbone and a human skull, broke the uh, TMJs off, made them fit together. The TMJs, are, it stands for Tempo Mandibular Joint. It's the joint where your jaw actually inserts up into your skull. 
okay they broke those off in other words they're trying to like it's like trying to shove a square peg through a round hole they're trying to do that now with skeletons in order to prove their satanic theories of evolution and darwinism and fooled everybody filed the teeth down for 40 years it was in the textbooks as proof for evolution it was a fraud exposed as a fraud 1953 Neanderthal man is still in your textbooks used in your town here in Knoxville, Tennessee. But it's been proven years ago it cannot possibly be a missing link. Long story about the Neander Valley named after Joachim Neander that wrote the song in the songbook, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of Creation. Great godly man. Back in 1856, they found a skeleton petrified, a man petrified in this valley called the Neander Valley, and they named it Neanderthal man. The back was bent over. Well, apes walk on four legs and man walks on two. So when the Darwin's theory became popular, they resurrected the Neanderthal man and said, oh, wow, maybe he's slowly evolved and he's coming up. <laughs> well, they've known from the very beginning it was an old man with arthritis who's slowly going down. He's not coming up at all. He's headed down. But they still keep him in the textbooks. About 300 Neanderthals have been found. Their brains are... Uh, osteoarthritis will cause that, that if, if, if it just progresses. It turns into what they call is actually technically called a downer's hump which you'll see sometimes people that are have a lot of arthritis and typically elderly and they'll be hunched over really bad that's in they're like a hump on the top of their back that's what kind of this looks like and it's called a downer's hump and it's from osteoarthritis and the more a person like that would age the more you would get stooped over and then th those are the classic kind of people you would see think of like using a cane stooped over very very advanced in age than ours their bone structure was incredibly strong now let me let me back this up this on this neanderthal man ours their bone structure was incredibly strong they said they had so many muscles that the average neanderthal could probably pick up the average nfl linebacker and fling him over the goalpost. phenomenal strength in the neanderthals they gave the same skull to nine different artists and said what did he look like in life they got nine different answers. They said, what would you like him to look like? We're artists, you know, we can make him. So he's showing the nine different artists what he said he would look like in real life. And it's totally nine different, totally different looking uh, faces. Like or human like, you tell us what you want, we'll do it. Jack Cuazzo, a uh, friend of mine from New Jersey, has been a dentist for 32 years. He came and spoke at our conference uh, a few weeks ago at the boot camp we had <clears throat> in Pensacola. He studied the actual Neanderthal skulls in Europe. Yeah, now I'm giving a link to his presentation, actually one or two of his presentations, and he wrote the book Buried Alive. I'm going to see if he, if he gives the text here. Uh, if not, I'll read it. So these Neanderthals are just perfectly normal humans that are living to really great age. See, before the flood came... The see, he, it says here in the slide, after examining the famous Rhodesia man or Broken Hill Man Neanderthal skull, Dr. Quazzo said, you must understand that this skull really cries out disease. The teeth are badly decayed, and the bones of the vault of the skull are extremely thick. There are many features that testify of agromegaly, or excess secretion of growth hormone in adulthood. Now, you look at uh, Andre the Giant, okay? The, the uh, pro wrestler that died back in the 90s, okay? And that's that, the reason I say that is because most people know who that is. Most people can reference that in their mind. When Andre the Giant was younger, because I've seen documentaries on him, because um, this kind of stuff intrigues me, he actually, you know, he didn't look like he did like when he was, when he ended up dying, which I think was his either late 30s or early 40s. 
okay? Um, the agromegaly had not kicked in as much. Agromegaly is, is a thickening of the bones, and I mean every bone in the body will thicken, okay? The brow ridges will thicken, the skulls will thicken, everything thickens. Another thing is that it will do is it'll actually cause what they call organomegaly, which your organs actually get bigger too. Now, as a side note for anybody that's interested, this is a big reason, and I believe the main reason, why a lot of the modern day bodybuilders have nice, big, distended guts. They can go on stage and have like six pack abs, but their, their guts are sticking out like they've got, like they're pregnant, but yet there's no fat. Well, what that's caused from most likely is organomegaly. Organomegaly is when, and a lot of them will actually start to get, um, you know, their bones will start to thicken, their facial things. Will, and it's really apparent in women bodybuilders that take too much growth hormone. They'll start to look totally scary. I mean, like, whoa. They'll start to look like a Neanderthal man, the missing link or whatever, okay? And it's because of the excess growth hormone that they're injecting into their body, which is normally produced in the pituitary. But, you know, you can go and, and you do your synthetic growth hormone. You take it with steroids. And for somebody that's like a pro bodybuilder or whatever type of bodybuilder they are, it will cause, you know, your muscles to grow at a far accelerated rate. Your recovery will be better the whole nine yards. But it all has side effects, though, in the end. Growth hormone and especially, you know, synthetic. And uh, even if your body's secreting too much of its own, like Andre the Giant's was, uh, that will cause agromegaly. It'll cause, you know, the, the joints to thicken. And it causes a lot of bad things as well. It'll cause you to grow. But when your growth plates seal, then you can't grow uh, vertically anymore. But everything still keeps thickening because of, like, the, typically what causes it is, is a pituitary tumor and it causes the um the pituitary gland to hypersecrete growth hormone which is what happened with andre the giant which is what happens with a lot of people that are considered modern day giants uh where you know they're like you know i don't know six eight and above some grow to seven near eight feet and i mean some have grown past that uh and that's what's causing all of this and it will cause thickening of the bones uh, you'll vertically grow until your growth plates seal and then when you can't grow anymore then it just you keep getting thicker but it's the bones and that's how these neanderthal man uh presented themselves so it's very hard to be totally definitive about on the on the neanderthal man uh but i think this jack carrazzo uh who wrote the book buried alive who was this dentist he actually studied them and he said it was from what he believed uh, potentially agromegaly, which is hypersecretion of growth hormone, which were causing the bones to thicken. Now, there's other things, too, that I believe Ken Hovind's going to mention here as well. People lived to be 900. After the flood, lifespans dropped off to 400. Right. And then 200. Now, he does the best expose I've ever seen of why the life expectancies went down now god said it was going to happen okay he proclaimed that that you know man's lifespan's top of the top lifespan is going to be about 120 years he said that uh during that time of you know the flood or whatever and it took a while to get to that but it, it went down to that point but there's 
physiological or, or environmental reasons, I should say, why they could live to be 900 before the flood. I guess I'll just cover that real quick here. But what you might want to do is key in Ken Hoven, pre-flood environment, or why did they live so long? Because he's not going to get into that here. But I believe there's three reasons, if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly. Number one, there was a canopy that was above the earth. It was like an ice canopy at that time. And that broke up during the flood. The Bible talks about the fountains of the deep coming up and, and um, bringing up water. But it also says that they rained for 40 days. And that was the actual canopy that was above the earth that was accomplishing a couple different things. Number one, it was increasing the atmospheric pressure of the planet. It was think of it like if you're in a balloon and you pump the balloon up the pressure inside the balloon is going to be greater well you had the solid canopy of ice that was above the earth and i mean probably miles above that god put there that created double the atmospheric pressure than we experience today now I'll get into that how that is in a second what it also did is it filtered out the harmful uv rays the the ones that would cause us to like burn and um create free radicals in the body and these types of things now i'm not saying the sun's not good and not important but the canopy naturally filtered out and if you think about it if god had created um adam in the garden of eden and eve and let's say let's go bay all the way back to the garden of eden and he created this perfect idyllic earthly environment don't you think he would have created the atmosphere to be that way as well? Now, just because Adam and Eve sinned doesn't mean that the, that that canopy broke up. Okay, that didn't happen until you know Noah's day, but that environment was still in place, and the people lived to be could live to be you know Methuselah nine hundred fifty whatever. Um, they lived a lot longer. They grew a lot bigger. Now, that might also be the reason for these Neanderthals that they actually were a lot older, and he's going to get into that, and they had more time to grow. But I've seen accounts that they were potentially bigger, um, stronger. Uh, that genetic load thing that Ken Hovind had mentioned, they didn't have all the time for the genetics to get messed up because things tend to degenerate over time, not get better. Darwinism teaches that we're getting better, but the reality is, is we're not from a genetic standpoint. Okay, So you had that, they had that going for them. They didn't have to worry about the UV rays. The atmospheric pressure was double of what it is now. And you know what else? The oxygen content was double too. Now, what am I describing? I'm describing a hyperbaric chamber, essentially. A hyperbaric chamber, you get in, and they'll put people in hyperbaric chambers for dive accidents. And um, it's probably the best thing you can possibly do for somebody that's been in any kind of spinal cord accident. Because you, you, a lot of times people, if they get them in the hyperbaric chamber quick enough, even if it's a horrible spinal cord accident they can actually get their spinal cord to regenerate because the air is actually going in through the skin as well as the lungs. And when you have double the atmospheric pressure, it's forcing the oxygen in through the skin. You're getting, when you take a breath in, you're getting more oxygen into the bloodstream. And that's 
Uh, that has a lot to do with the healing processes. Okay. Well, imagine living in that environment 24-7 where you're not getting hit with, with the harmful UVs okay, from the sun. Your, um, your uh, oxygen levels are double your um, atmospheric pressure is double. Now, this is why they had things like big gigantic dinosaurs back then and why a big reason why they went extinct because post-flood, even though they might have had dinosaurs on the ark, their lungs were not designed. Like if you have a brontosaurus that's like, you know, 100 feet long or whatever it is, their lungs were adapted to a pre-flood environment. So the big, big, gigantic reptilian animals weren't ready to have, like when they grew to a certain size, they couldn't, they couldn't um, actually... Um, they couldn't um, go to a... Um, sorry, I got interrupted there. Uh, totally lost my vein of thought here. Okay, so you're, you're a big, gigantic dinosaur. Okay. Now remember, they start as babies, and the babies were probably fine. Okay, with the, with even post flood. But the problem you run into is that they get to be a certain size. Prior to the flood, they were getting double the oxygen content. They were getting double the atmospheric pressure. Their lungs had to work a lot less harder to get oxygen into them. As opposed to post flood, wasn't the case at all. So their environment was totally different, and that might be a gigantic reason why the dinosaurs faded out because they couldn't handle the post-flood environment now i believe ken hoven gets into all this in into what he's doing um smaller creatures like us and smaller animals were able to um deal with it okay maybe it was some micro adaption not macro evolution but micro adapt adaptation uh and that's also, but it's also a big reason why our lifespan started to decrease, why I believe our stature most likely started to decrease. It probably didn't help our intelligence any either. Um, now, how do I know that the atmospheric pressure was double and the oxygen content was double? Because they have found pre-flood what they call amber, which I believe is maybe like pre-flood tree sap. And they have drilled into that tree sap where there's air bubbles. Because if you think about it, if it was pre-flood, that O2 content and that pressure inside that amber would be identical to what the pre-flood environment is. They've drilled into that, and at the moment they drill into it, they have little sensors that measure, okay, what's oxygen content of, of this little air bubble and what's, what's the atmospheric pressure? And that's how they've determined that the atmospheric pressure was double and the oxygen content was double, which mimics what you would get in a hyperbaric chamber nowadays hyperbaric chambers are one of the greatest things you can do some people actually even use them now if they're really really rich or whatever they'll go and they'll get treatments in them and it massively increases your recovery it's anti-aging um yes you can use them for diving accidents where somebody goes down they come up too quick they get what they call the bends um is that like nitrogen narcosis or something like that uh, they use them for that. They use them for um, burn victims. They use them for spinal cord injuries. Now, they should be used at a far greater rate than what they are. But, again, that's something that actually fixes the problem. And in the main, the medical pharma cartels really don't have a lot of interest in that. They would rather you be sick and dying and have a permanent spinal cord injury and be permanently disfigured from a burn or something like that because then they can make a lot more money off you. And, you know, uh, they love suffering and things of this nature. But they should hyperbaric chambers should be used 
very, very commonly. So all of those factors that I just mentioned, and there may be more, are why the life expectancy went from you know 900 something or whatever the average age was in pre-flood and um to ended up going to 120 years now god did say it was going to happen but see god knows the beginning from the end he knew that canopy was going to be broken up he knew the atmospheric pressure was going to was going to go in half what would the atmospheric pressure does it forces more oxygen into the body without you having to do anything you take a deep breath in you're getting like double the oxygen content okay you ever see like um on the sidelines or something they'll give people oxygen like if they just you know ran for a touchdown or something you know or, or they've just been in a big race and they've gassed out or whatever they give them oxygen while well, they're trying to simulate their they know that that helps okay now if you gave them oxygen and increase the hyperbaric pressure they would recover even quicker but see all that was done away with after the flood and that's why the life expectancies went down that's why those big gigantic dinosaurs i believe they just couldn't they couldn't adapt to um that post-flood environment their lungs weren't suited for it anymore so ken hoven in his early stuff i really gets into all this in detail i'm not doing it justice right now but it is absolutely 100 fascinating his earlier uh stuff that he's done uh, so i'm gonna let him talk some more here so he said the average age before the flood was 912 years today it's 70 to 80. now remember when when god said about 120 would be that was like the maximum ceiling okay it wasn't like the average okay um then i believe god said yeah the, the this would be about the average age or, or or the um the average age when someone would die he also said that as well and then 100. But that's still a long time to live. And it's a simple fact, the bones of your eyebrow ridge never stop growing. So if you could live to be three or 400 years old, your eyebrow ridge would stick way out. If, you, if you had increased growth hormone production, it would really stick out, okay? So some of these um, supposed Neanderthals, that might just be the whole reason alone. Not only did they live a lot longer, maybe they're, they're pre-flood skeletons, there's, there's, and the bone structure was extremely thick, that would point to agromegaly, that would have been point to heightened growth hormone production, which growth hormone is one of the most anti-aging things. You can, and that's why people take it, because it's anti-aging. Well, what if, what if pre-flood environment, your growth hormone production was double or triple normally? Well, you're gonna live a lot longer. That's why people take it today and but as a downside your bones are going to thicken a lot more and your eyebrow ridges are going to get a lot bigger now he's not even saying that ken hoven i'm just I, i'm just telling you from what i know about growth hormone that's going to definitely be the case as well hey they use their jaws a lot like the aborigines in australia are always using their jaws as a vice they don't carry a toolbox with them their eyebrow ridge sticks out really far because of the chewing that's level. not true aborigines typically carry around one of those sears craftsman toolboxes everywhere i've i've seen them out in the bush i mean come on no, sorry teasing a little humor there it pulls on the bone the neanderthals are perfectly normal human that are living to be so he's throwing an aborigine he and yeah he makes a good point he's showing an aborigine skull and a european skull and a flathead indian and um the aborigine skull which uses their their jaw like a vice their brow line is 
way accentuated compared to just a European skull, like a, an average Caucasian person, okay? Totally, I mean, very, very big difference. And that's modern day. 300 years old, that's all they are. Their brain's bigger than ours. They're not subhuman at all. They're just really old human. There's an aborigine on the far left over there. See the eyebrow ridge sticking out? That's from chewing or using your jaw muscles a lot. There are a lot of different shapes of Now, the brain's not bigger to the point where you're thinking of like the Peruvian skulls in Peru, where they've got elongated skulls. The brain's, I think they said two to 300 cc's bigger, like a cc um, measurement, like, in a, a, uh, like a, an injectable type of thing. So it's not like they're double the brain capacity, okay? Um, but it is, uh, it is slightly bigger. Could line up the folks in Knoxville, Tennessee, and prove evolution just by the shape of the skull, and <laughs> drive downtown. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's Cro-Magnon man, still used in the textbooks, yet it's perfectly normal human. Why on earth is that considered a missing link? They've got one in there called um, Homo sapien, is modern man. He's listed as Cro-Magnon. It's not modern. It's not a missing link at all. One they've got in there now is called Australopithecus afarensis. That was proven wrong in 18. I mean, in 1973. 30 years ago, proven wrong. Why are they keeping that in the textbooks as evidence? So he's... Um, so he's he's putting all the, the... What he's saying, he's putting up slides in the background that are proving everything that he's talking about. Revolution. They've got Australopithecus africanus, or afarensis, better known as Lucy. How many have ever heard of Lucy before? Donald Johansson found Lucy in 1974, Ethiopia. He had gone there with a grant to look for missing links. Somebody gave him some money, said, here, go find a missing link. If you don't find one, no more money. <laughs> Two weeks before his grant money expired, he discovered Lucy. Imagine that. Highly motivated, I suspect. Yeah, imagine that. And that would be a suspect, by the way, in a court of law, you know. Lucy was three feet tall. It was obviously a chimpanzee of some kind. Yep. Now, the bones of the skull were crushed thoroughly. Could not tell anything about the skull. But when they put it together for your kid's textbook, they can make it half human, half ape. They named it Lucy because they were listening to the song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Very popular back then, which, by the way, has the initials LSD, which they must have been on when they found this thing. But Well, that's why, they did, that's why the song was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, because it's about LSD. I mean, the Beatles had a ton to bring transcendental meditation and uh, the drug culture to America. They were one of Satan's chief devices. So he's showing this Lucy skeleton, which is a joke. And this is the typical Lucy skull shown in textbooks. But you see what was actually the skull that was actually found. It's these, these little fragments of, of the skull. Yet, again, just like Nebraska man, they made a whole skeleton of what this thing actually looked like. And it was a chimpanzee, but they turned it into some human hybrid whatever it's just all lies the knee joint that was labeled lucy's knee in national pornographic <laughs> uh, geographic was actually found a mile and a half away and 200 feet deeper <laughs> but national geographic so they're using they're using bones from a mile and a half away of where the original lucy skeleton was found the knee joint and putting it on lucy and i don't know what he say for how much deeper or whatever 70 meters lower over a mile away that's neat that's neat you know
I'm sure it's the same skeleton, you know. Well, at Lucy's knee, it's not Lucy's knee. It's a mile and a half away, for heaven's sake, okay? There's quite a controversy about that knee joint still, but this the knee joint is the best evidence they have that Lucy was becoming a human. And it was found a mile and a half away and 70 meters deep, deeper. This is the, the satanic links these evolutionist devils will go to in order to try to shove that square peg through the round hole and prove that, you know, they're right. An ape has the lower and upper leg that are in a straight line with each other. A human leg goes up to your knee and angles off to the side because right. your hips are wider than your knees. Mm -hmm. Lucy's knee angled off to the side, the femur angled. And Donald said, see, that proves she's becoming a human. No, any monkey that climbs trees has an angled femur. What he found was a tree climbing monkey. Right. It's not proof it's becoming a human. He said, well, the bones are slightly bigger than a regular ape. Well, that's true. It doesn't prove it's becoming a human. The bones of a Clydesdale are slightly bigger than a regular horse. <laughs> it doesn't prove it's becoming a truck, for heaven's sake, okay? Yeah. What he found was a heavy-duty chimpanzee, and probably the pre-flood chimpanzees and everything was probably more heavy-duty. Right. If they're living longer, much healthier. Right. That's all he found. There are big horses. Which, little... which again, was, I think, the, the point they were trying to make on the Neanderthal man. They found about 400 of the skeletons of uh, Neanderthal men. Now, a lot of them are totally discomplete in these types of things. I'll give you a couple different resources if you want to read more about that. In addition to what I said, um, there's some other resources you can check into. Just today, by the way. St. Louis Zoo put human feet on their Lucy display. <laughs> Not one foot bone or hand bone was found. Oh, Not my word. Not one foot bone or hand bone was found on the lucy skeleton which is just a joke if you look at it a couple skull fragments they turned this into like some kind of hybrid human they put human feet and hands and they didn't even discuss they didn't never there was never any hand bones or foot, foot bones even found they just go ahead and slap human feet and hands on them though this is the kind of insanity the brainwashing that is done uh to particularly the children Every other australopithecine that's been found. So, let me, let me read this last part. He said, the purpose of this display, where of this Lucy display, is not for education, but for indoctrination into the evolution theory. One was found, not one. Every other australopithecine that's been found has curled toes. Professor Menton at Washington University said, the statue is a complete misrepresentation. That's a big fancy word for lie. I prefer, I prefer smaller words. It's a lie. The zoo director said, zoo officials have no plans to knuckle under. We cannot be updating every exhibit based on every new piece of evidence. We look at the overall exhibit and the impression it creates. And we think this impression it creates is correct. You know, the thing is, is that these guys would just look at it like, I'm going to be responsible to God for this, putting this out. And I'm going to be responsible for destroying the faith of how many kids that come through my museum. And or this zoo or whatever. But they, I, people don't look at stuff like that. They don't have any fear of God. So they just put out this kind of garbage thinking that they're doing humanity some kind of service. And I mean, this is soul damning stuff because if you can convince a child they evolved from a rock, which turned into an ape, which turned into a human eventually, then the Bible is a total lie because you cannot reconcile the two. There's no, there's no happy medium there. There's none. And that's why this is such a big, gigantic deal.
Uh, Bruce, are you telling me you would lie to kids coming through your zoo just to get an impression across to them that evolution is true? Oh, yeah. You mean your theory is more important than the facts? Right. That's exactly correct. Yep. They will lie to the kids going through these science centers and zoos to make them believe this evolution theory. And there are lies in the textbooks, like 60 of them. We'll oh, cover yeah. that on Yeah. So that was just a small clip of DVD 2 uh, entitled Caveman, Nebraska, Piltdown, Neanderthal, Man, Cro-Magnum, Lucy. Um, and if you just can't Kent Hovind on YouTube, you can probably find the rest of his videos as well. Um, I, I just, I really like Kent Hovind regarding a lot of the stuff and the information he's put out in the past. Now, I'm going to probably go ahead and end part one here, and I've got more time I can record, but I want to kind of keep this separate from what I'm going to get into next which is more the current events. So I'm going to end part one here. God bless you, and we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N. D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is... Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.